of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Several years ago, I began work on a task force with a group of colleagues that I know on the board at Virginia Theological Seminary to embark upon a project to determine how the seminary could repent from decades of complacency in the oppression of enslaved peoples and the seminary's participation in the imposed segregation and restrictions placed upon newly freed African Americans. Although the seminary could honestly say that the institution never owned any enslaved people, the true story was not nearly as salubrious. The fact of the matter is that the seminary along with many institutions in the Episcopal Church, profited handsomely from societal institutions that enslaved or exploited others. It was now time to repent. The task force work of undoing several centuries of societal sin was not easy. The issues were complex, and the number of constituents who were directly affected by the actions of the past, unknown. We called upon archivists and historians to guide us in the work. Seminary professors dug into the minutes of old faculty meetings and board meetings, and through this extensive and rather exhaustive work, a clearer picture of the truth the sad and ugly truth began to emerge. The researchers conducted hundreds of interviews, of phone calls, emails, to investigate the life stories of dozens of former enslaved people and their families. And this resulted in Virginia Theological Seminary beginning a program of cash reparations to the victims of an earlier generation's greed. According to the New York Times, this is the first institution of higher learning in the United States to do exactly this. It's not a fix, it's only a start, but it was the seminary's attempt to begin righting the wrongs of the past, and I'm very proud to say that I've been a small part of it. When Jesus dreams of a beloved community, it includes everyone, not just some. The scriptures today all work hand in hand thematically. They remind us of the ways in which human beings can really get the practice of beloved community wrong. Whether it be exploitation economically, environmentally, relationally, or internally, or even spiritually. We try to do the best we can most of the time, but yet we still fail. What we don't read this morning, because the wisdom of the lectionary doesn't include it, is the verse that occurs right before the gospel reading. And it's Jesus talking about the lost sheep. And he says this, So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. 
Repeat that. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. When we put that at the beginning of what we hear today, the judgment of God goes away and it is replaced by mercy and love. In today's gospel, it's evident that God desires our greatest good. If we read this gospel then through this lens of God's mercy and love, we see that Jesus really means that God's beloved community is for everyone and not just some. Jesus addresses this process of how to address the hurts of the past and how one might make them better in the future. And he does something more. He places a power, rather, he places a responsibility on all of his followers to be careful about what they do. He gives them the power to forgive the sins of others, but it comes with the caveat of not forgiving too. He says, if we do not forgive, our unforgiveness will still be present in heaven. From what we know about reading many of the Gospels, Jesus is emphatic that if we don't fully forgive, it will be hard for us to fully receive God's forgiveness. Creating beloved community has to include forgiveness because it has to include everyone. But we keep doing things that prevent others from being part of the beloved community. That's hard to hear, and I want to recognize that. We keep doing things that prevent others from being part of the beloved community. Most of the time, we don't know it. But today's gospel expects us to look within and to identify those places that are unforgiving, those places that are exclusionary within ourselves, those places that we would rather keep people out than let people in. In the words of the poet Maya Angelou, we are not our brother's keeper. We are our brother and we are our sister. We must look past our differences and see community. I want to circle back to the truth-telling that has been taking place at Virginia Theological Seminary. The results of implementing this program have created a bigger, more far-reaching community of people in the area who are devoted to creating something new, something more beautiful than what we have today. The blessings of God in this endeavor have continued to forge new friendships, which are founded on the principles of reconciliation and repentance. Even though there's so much more to do, the results have been overwhelmingly positive. The opening up of the beloved community is just the beginning. Here at home, the people of Trinity started a good amount of truth-telling during our centennial. Thanks to the efforts of so many people, we've been able to tell the story of our community one decade at a time. You might remember we had all of the timeline placards all throughout this space, and now they're all in the hallway next to Atwood Hall. 
Now, this work that was done, it was a ton of work. It took over three years to do. This work is resulting in the publication now of a book about Trinity Cathedral, which will be published in a couple of months. Telling our story is but one part of us looking forward to opening up the beloved community. It is a necessary part of it. And our diocese is doing some similar work right now, with Canon Debbie Royals beginning to lead the Native American Council of the diocese on a full year of pilgrimage and exploration to see how the church was part of indigenous boarding schools across America, with Arizona being the state that housed the most indigenous schools. Here in Arizona, we're gonna have a lot to learn this is only the beginning. If creating beloved community has to include forgiveness because it has to include everyone, then we have to look within ourselves today. Our gospel is inviting us to live into a spirit of authenticity and forgiveness. Authenticity and forgiveness. Authenticity to be open, to be honest and realistic for what has been, what is, what will be, but also forgiveness, to forgive the hurts from the past, the traps of the present, and to commit to a future where God's mercy and love unite everyone. This is hard work. This is hard work for each and every person in this room. In fact, all of the examples that I've given today require a good amount of work to be done. It is not fun, fast, or easy. But Jesus promises that God will act, that God will respond, that God will give us literally everything we need so that we never stop short of opening up the beloved community for everyone. And then there's the best part. This famous saying that Jesus says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Big deal, right? Well, what Jesus is actually saying here is that whenever we meet as people who aspire to beloved community, two of us, three of us, hopefully many more, is that whenever we meet as the people of God, and we meet to aspire to this fulfillment of Jesus' dream of beloved community for everyone, the very sacred presence of God Almighty, that word that said, let there be light, that great light that made Moses' face shine so brightly he had to cover himself, the fire that rushed into the room when the first temple was actually consecrated in Jerusalem, those tongues of flame that lit upon the disciples and that mighty wind that blew across the room on Pentecost, that sacred presence of God Almighty will be with us. God will be with us in the fullest sense. God will be with us. And so we will get to do more, truly, than even the initial work of repenting from the past. We will get to feel a new experience of God, a sweet, sweet spirit of God that inspires us through music and through art to go from this place and help us see, maybe help us see for the first time, but help us see 
whom we have not fully welcomed, included, and incorporated into our community. We will be changed, transformed in our hearts by an experience of God's presence that's so abundant and so profound that even when we have to go up and do hard work and it feels like we're climbing the highest mountain or descending into the lowest valley, that we walk together with a God who has promised to be with us. A God who will help us see that no matter where we are, that Jesus wants us to realize that the dream of the beloved community includes everyone. And when two or three are gathered, God is with us, and we will strive for the kingdom of God and its righteousness. The kingdom of God, the beloved community first. And all these things, the toil and the labor, the practicing of music and the planning of events, the gathering for ministry and creativity and the active welcoming of everyone in the greater Phoenix area, all these things will be given to us will be given to us in an abundant, overflowing gift of God's love towards us and everyone. So, we begin again today. As St. Paul said in his letter to the Romans, the past, the darkness of the past is gone and the dawn is just arriving. We begin to see how when Jesus dreams of beloved community, absolutely everyone is included, and that means you. <laughs>